1: It's time for BetQL
0: Daily with Joe Ostrowski, breaking down all the betting angles you need to put money in your wallet. Major League Baseball, what do you know? I'm on the Astros at minus 112, going against a left-handed pitcher. Don't love that I'm going against a Red Sox team that has won five consecutive games. Perez has had a nice season, but uh, I, I have confidence the Eschers against lefties, and also Valdez on the bump.
1: That ball smoked to center field. All the way back, Kike Hernandez, and he will let it go. Deep home run by Air Jordan. the straightaway center field. Jordan with his first home run in his last 17 games
0: on the BetQL Audio Network. Happy Wednesday. Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat here with you on BetQL Daily Eli Herskovitz, Jake Hassan, Jake Alley, Dylan Burns, producing later this hour. We will talk with Chris Peters, get an update on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now two of the Final Four is set. Are they calling it the Stanley Cup semis or the Final Four? Because I, I much prefer the Final Four, Horvy.
1: Yeah, same here, or the Frozen Four, but I think that those uh yeah, names have already been taken, yeah.
0: Yes, yes. So we'll talk to, with uh, Chris Peters in about 40 minutes at the start of the 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central Time Hour. We'll talk NBA playoffs with Dan Thespieros, and then final hour of the program, Teddy Greenstein from Points Bet to talk about a number of things, including this week's golf tournament that you will uh, be getting all your bets in today uh, before they tee off tomorrow, uh, you know usually. Is it bad NBA. for
1: the show if I say I'm not betting any golf ever again? Well, it's just another lie. Like, every
0: time you're on the air, you just lie and lie and lie. Well, like, I'm what, thinking- what was your NBA playoff player prop bet last night? Because every day you say you're not betting them
1: ever, ever again. It's just another lie. No, none, actually, and I had a nice 5-0 night. I had a 5-0 and 0 night. 3-0 and in Major or League just- Baseball, 2-0 and in the NBA. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Horvat's on the on show the day after. He went undefeated?
1: I've never seen this when he wasn't on the day before. It yeah, happened hey, every hey. Week. Hey, You don't believe me? Check out BetQL. You can track your picks now. Mine are on there. I had the under the Dodgers-Pirates game. I, w- I was with you on the Astros. I did check you guys out, and I love that against the lefty. Maybe. And then I took a shot with the Detroit Tigers, and it got a little uh, hairy at the end because they had a 5 nothing lead. They ended up winning that one 5-3. I did something I rarely do in the NBA. I took the Sixers money line minus two twenty. I didn't trust the spread. I could have, and then I was on the Clippers, and I actually got the hook. I got the three and a half. So, a, a beautiful ending in Utah as they just started throwing the ball away. But um, with golf, man, after having John Rahm on an outright and two matchups last weekend, that's going to happen. I need. I uh, that's going to happen. A guy's going to test yeah. positive for COVID with a with a six stroke lead. <laughs> no, well, you've never had a golfer withdraw that you've been on. No, I have, but not due to COVID nineteen. Not 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 due yeah. to uh, COVID nineteen. When you know, shouldn't still be an issue. Could have right. not no. been an issue, but we know how that goes. Anyway, listen, listen. I know you're going to be bet. You tell me you're not
0: going to be betting the the U.S. Open. Tell me that. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> right now, I'm
1: right now I'm torn. Like I want to, and, and there's some things that be. I really like. You but, will be. Yeah, man, that was just it, there are bad beats, and then there's what went down with John Rahm last week. Uh, Listen,
0: NBA playoffs, what we do at the start of the show, we recap a lot how our our betting went, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. There's time for that. Yeah. However, I've got one thing to say. I know where you're going. You're rich. Yo, get 36 to one, baby. 36 to one. What an awesome feeling before the action even got started with Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL last night for that to cash. And the funny thing is, like I, I was running around doing some stuff. I started getting all these tweets from people because I've been talking about it all, all NBA season on this show, BetQL Daily, and uh, it, it came through. I had no idea it was being announced. I had no idea yesterday was going to be the coach of the year. I had no idea that last night they were going to announce the NBA MVP, but they did, and... Boy, was the account
1: plump yesterday
0: <laughs> before all the games started?
1: Yeah. So did you? Okay. So did you see the tweets, or did it just? Did you get the money right into your account? Like, did anybody text you? Because I had no idea they were announcing the MVP. Like the scheduling. No I idea. Had no idea when Coach of the Year was going to be. six Man of the Year. It's all a guessing game, and I also feel like I was the only person without a Jokic ticket because I did play Luca. Now I almost have to play him, even though he's probably going to be the favorite next year. I'm going to have to go to him again. Not but uh, I am really happy for all of you guys, man, because there's nothing better than cashing in that ticket right there. That's how I felt when the Aaron Rodgers one hit, and you guys got a way better number on Jokic. And um, I mean, what did Embiid get? One vote? Derek Rose got a vote. That is <laughs> whoever whoever voted for Derek Rose is, is that was that the fan vote or what? Well, was listen. That? Okay, Listen, that like, yeah. like I said, there's time to talk about what happened in the NBA. We're
0: going to do that all show. We're going to preview what we're going to see tonight. Same thing with the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's what for we sure. do every day on this show. But we, I I can't just like give this one minute and move on because there are lessons here. Same thing with Coach of the Year. Like We've talked about this for six months leading up to it, and it's worth more than a one-minute mention on the show. Yeah. First off, Jokic, um, it's been done for a long time. Like all, all season long, I know Eli wanted us to ask every every NBA guest all year, even when it was done, when it was like minus twenty five thousand. Hey, you got to ask about the MVP. Like it's over. Any value it's on Steph? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, there were, but I did take a shower,
1: Steph, so I can't talk. I'm fourteen to one.
0: There were a lot of twists and turns to the season. It wasn't Jokic the entire way, and. Like, these are the names that the voters were thinking about. And maybe you take that into uh, next season's handicap a little bit. Um, Like, there was a time when it was a no doubter that LeBron was going to be the MVP. The the voters were dead set on it. You would hear them on podcasts, what they were writing, what they were saying in national TV interviews. LeBron Mm -hmm. was going to be the MVP. We know he wasn't because he got hurt. We don't know how the season uh, would have unfolded for him. Uh, Then there was a time Embiid was going to be the MVP. It was 100%. It was a no-doubter. It's Embiid number one, and then Jokic. Many voters, you felt, at least I did as a Jokic ticket holder, that they were looking for any reason out there to to vote on anyone but Nikola Jokic. When it's all said and done, out of the 101 first-place votes, what happens? He gets 91 the last straw poll that we talked a lot about on this show for like an entire week, because it was so valuable, it was actionable information, like, hey, Jokic is getting 90% of the first place votes. And what did he get in the end? 90% of the first place votes. That is something to pay attention to every single season. And uh, you mentioned the other first place votes. Yes, it is ridiculous that someone gave D Rose. I, we can get to that in a second, too, because you can tie that into the coach of the year conversation. Uh, Giannis got one vote and Bede got one vote. Um, you acted surprised and Bede got one vote. Should he have gotten more? Like, uh, I mean, he's, well, he's not the MVP. He, he should not have won the MVP. I think he should have gotten zero.
1: Right, right. Oh, I mean, he missed a lot of time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. The injuries, but um, well, I, I why was, is anybody voting for
0: him as the MVP? That That's insanity.
1: Yeah, I was just a little surprised that he only got one vote. I mean, okay, so for example, like when I texted you yesterday and I said I was actually surprised that Tibbs was coach of the year because I thought it should have went to Snyder or even I mean, I thought Monty Williams probably should have been coach of the year. But then you think of the big market and then even like when everybody on the planet that actually watches games was like, okay, Jokic is hands down the MVP like there's nobody there's not even a close second. There were still national guys no. out there, like you said, that were making the case for LeBron. There was Nick Wright out there that was saying, well, I don't want to vote for this guy because he plays in Denver. So that was the only fear that I had was a smaller market thing. But I think that that's been proved the last two years with Giannis going back to back. Market size really doesn't matter. But still, you weren't – you weren't, I mean, with Jokic, I get it. Not There was really no reason to be nervous because he was clearly the MVP. I'd say the second – if I had a play, if I had to place a second place vote, it would have been in bead though, even with the injuries. I mean, Philly was the best team in the league all year. You take him off that squad. I mean, we've seen what Ben Simmons does offensively. Right. Well, that's where it gets interesting. That's the only
0: interesting part in the MVP race for this season is what do you do? Because they make you vote for second and third. What how do you do that if you're a voter? But as far as Jokic, like it's been a no-doubter for so long. Uh, as far as total points, 971 Embiid, 586. That's how it should have been. The guy played all 72 games. Like That yeah. was the big storyline with this award this year. Yeah, it could have been LeBron. Wasn't available for his team. Yeah, it could have been Embiid. Wasn't available. Multiple stretches this season. Not only did he play all 72, and it's not just about being available. How about being dominant? Yeah. And he loses Murray as his teammate. Like, These guys could have been championship contenders. And, yeah, they're still alive, but they're not championship contenders. Top five points, top five rebounds, top five assists. If you look at win shares, 15.6 for Jokic. Next highest was 11.3. 15.6 down to 11.3. Who do you think was 11.3?
1: 11.3. Was that Luka? Nope. And Nope. Hold on. Giannis? Nope. Who? Gobert. Sorry. Gobert. Rudy Gobert? Yes. I honestly did not know that. Wow.
0: There, was, there was no debate on this award. But yeah. I think there are a few things that, that we can learn. No matter what you're hearing early in the season about somebody definitely winning the award. Uh, we mentioned a few that it seemed like they were going to win. Remember, there was a Dame run. Like his odds kept dropping and dropping 50, 40, 30, 20, boom, boom, boom. And then he just kind of faded away in the end as well. Um, But yeah, it's, oh, you know, I talked about how Embiid should not have gotten that first place vote. At least it's one. There were two buffoons that voted for Chris Paul to be the MVP this season. Two, Steph got five. I guess you could make a case. I would never do that because his team didn't even make the real playoffs. I I, I'm out on that one. No, I
1: I would have rather like, I I honestly would have voted for Steve Kerr to be coach of the year because I think that this was his best coaching job, even though that they don't end up in the playoffs just because of what he had to deal with, with the injuries and whatnot. But yeah, I mean like it was a nice run for Steph, but that's what you expect. And There's nobody else that could score on the team other than Andrew Wiggins. So of course his usage was going to be high and he was going to have to take every single shot and drop 40 every other night, man. I would make the case for Luca after what we saw in the playoffs. So that's just Luca and a bunch of dudes. That's not even a, that's not a playoff team. If you take him off that roster, it was Jokic. And like you said, especially without Jamal Murray losing him for the majority of the second half of the season, you know, he's always been a facilitator. They run the offense through him, but he pretty much had to become really the point guard of that team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, he, uh,
0: what I would say the big lesson moving forward is pay attention to those straw polls. Mm-hmm. The ESPN straw poll, they do it multiple times every single year. Pay close attention to that. See where there is some value, where maybe there's a storyline. If somebody stays healthy, they can win it. Um, shout out to Fando, by the way. Because I, I, the reason I bought the ticket um, was because the odds were just insane. Yeah, a guy at this level, and nobody was close to this number. The start of the season, they had a thirty-six to one on Jokic. Number made no sense. Like that's the outlier. Everybody else was, I think, low twenties when the season was starting. Yeah, but but thirty-six to one, you have my attention, and you got my bet. Like, yeah, that. It, that- for him, that is an insane number. And I know sure. everything fell perfectly with all the injuries, but that's wild stuff. 36?
1: For sure. And, and there's another, I mean, there's another example of why you should shop around right there because you could find, yeah. I mean, just ridiculous numbers out there. And, uh, man, that's a nice hit for you guys. It, I feel, like, and, and again, so I just feel like I'm the only one that didn't cash in because I was that's on social true. media. That's not well, true. I know, I know. But social media yesterday was a big celebration. I was just yeah. happy that – uh I was just happy that I had the hook with the Clippers last night, but still a nice night. But I'm I'm really happy for you because you're waiting. Thank you because you're waiting for six months (laughs) for this thing to finally cash.
0: Right. Uh, I did I did want to get your reaction to Tibbs because I I have a lot of feelings about this. I've shared them throughout the year on the show, and and I'll go over them again here. Um, He was not my coach of the year. I understand why he was the coach of the year, but it really bothers me in the process. Really bothers me that.
1: he didn't have the most first place votes, and he was still able to win. Yeah, I don't really understand it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> yes, like how is that well, a thing? I well, mean,
0: my here, here's what, here's what happened. Monty got too many third place votes. That's what happened.
1: Yeah, so I just, he slid. It's, it's just stupid, and I mean, I love Tibbs. I, I do, and I don't know that anybody else takes that Knicks team to the playoffs and gets that out of Julius Randle, and then um, like we saw what that team is offensively when they got to the playoffs, but come on now. I mean, look what the Suns are doing this year, and then Quinn Snyder. I mean, Utah's the best team in the league, and they have been the I best know. team in the league since opening night. Um, but, you know, man, we've all been waiting for the Knicks to be back. They finally get back to the playoffs. I'm fine with Tibbs winning it just because of like what he's dealt with. uh, You know, what he had to deal with in Chicago, anybody that had to put up with Gar Foreman and John Paxson for that long, they deserve a stupid award they could put on their shelf, I guess. Here's my issue with it.
0: The Knicks didn't have a 600 win percentage. It is the first time we've seen a head coach with a sub 600 winning percentage. Get the award since the 2006, 2007 season when Sam Mitchell got it. Yeah. He didn't have the most first place votes. They didn't have a 600 winning percentage. And bottom line is because part of the reason is because it's New York. I think there's another angle that I want to get to in a minute. Uh, Part of the reason is New York. But um, you're right. It's the talent, too. But there's something else. I think there's something else there. And it's just easy to say New York media market. New York media market. That's why Tibbs won. I think there's another reason. I want to get to that coming up. And then we will also address what happened last night in the NBA and take a look at tonight's game. This is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Leonard for George. Back for Leonard. Ball fake. Running out of time, Morris, one dribble, blocked, and that'll do it. That's game, and it ends on a French rejection. Utah, hold on. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Hanging out live on the Bet 1430 in Denver, 1059 FM, HD2 in Chicago, Chicago's new home for wagertainment, 931 FM, HD3. Out in Los Angeles, Odyssey app, Odyssey Sports YouTube page on Twitter, at BetQL Daily, at BetQL Daily. Um, do you run into this, Horvy? Like, I don't understand why people, uh, it's just the world we live in, yeah. why people need to uh, be up in my business, be up in your business. Like, if I do, because it's something I talked about all year on the show. Uh, on Twitter, I was talking about how Jokic and all these, a lot of the NBA writers were were just looking, praying somebody else would step up so they could
1: not f- vote on Jokic to win the MVP. Which I find to be really weird. Like I get that you need to it is uh, well, you it's, know, it's, yeah, it's you, part you need part of to it. have that conversation. And you know, the season, especially the second half of the season when teams have locked up their playoff spots, I get that there's not a whole lot of motivation, there's not a whole lot of talking points, but still, like. How are you not rooting for Jokic? Like, look at the pictures of that guy when he was a kid. He looked like all of us. Like, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, how are you not rooting for this guy to be the MVP of the league? I don't know. Unless, you know, you're Jake and you're you're a Philly fan and you wanted it to be Embiid. Or unless you're me and, you know, you kind of wanted Derrick Rose to be the MVP of the league. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> I just did the fan vote, man. But still, come on, Derek Rose. I mean, Ooh. that is su- such a homer vote. It's. I, I like, feel like 10- I, I don't
0: want to hear that you lose your fandom completely. Right. Like, the the amount of homers in New York, like I didn't, man. It is striking, it's it's striking. It's um, it's, but my point, yeah. my point is, uh, like if you talk about the odds, or if you talk about a big hit, like something you talked about on the show, why do people need to know what you bet? Yeah, I've got to know. Oh, what'd you win? Thirty six dollars. Yeah, I bet a yeah. dollar. you got me. You got me. Good one. The joke was funny the first nine times. I why why do people feel like they need to know your business? Like,
1: I I, I'm, I think a lot of people don't share bet size because it's yeah. none of your damn business. I don't care what you bet. I just want to know the number that you got because I mean, like, that's all that's I what care. matters. I care where you got them. You know, if you got thirty six to one, I want to know that. If if I had Aaron Rodgers twenty eight to one. You had them 22 to 1. I, I want to know about that. But that, I don't really care how much you bet.
0: Yeah, it is strange. It is strange. Uh, so, my angle on Tibbs. For, for, sorry if I'm going too long in this. No, no, but no. I, I think it's important. I think it's valuable for the future. Like we spent six months talking about this. Like we should kind of review what exactly happened
1: uh, with the process because it can help us with the voters in, in the future. And so, also this is where we make our money like on the futures, playing sides, playing totals every single night. Like, we're, you know, it, it, it's fun and all, but like I like these – I like cashing these big tickets. Exactly. Exactly. And let's be real. A lot of the information that's out there, it's just like day-to-day
0: flipping coins, flipping coins. You know, really? one yeah. thing goes your way. This is where you can make our money. And I think we do a pretty good job of this. Like NFL season, we did a great job grabbing Justin Herbert, yeah. um, going into week two or week three at 40 to one to be the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. We did a good job with coach of the year as well. Stefanski was uh, was our guy. So, I mean, I, I, I think these big hits are more important. I do too. Um, so, so we talked about the win percentage. And my, my gripe with the Thibodeau thing, and I'm wrong, and I understand the case for Tibbs to win the Coach of the Year, was this is not how they voted in the past. And this is why I was not jumping in with the Tibbs hype, because I thought at the end, you know, he just doesn't have enough wins. Mm-hmm. We're just not there yet. Um, because if you look at the past, Nurse uh, last year, The winning percentage of 719, but a couple of years ago, 732, Casey, 720, D'Antoni, 670, uh, Kerr, 890. That's the last five years. And then you had Tibbs this year. It was what? 569, 10 games above 500. Um, New York is part of it. I don't know if it's the majority of voters, but there are a lot of voters in New York or in that area or
1: from there. right? Also, Tibbs was a media guy for a couple of years. Also, what Tibbs was a media guy for a couple of years when he was out yeah. of, yeah, yeah, he
0: was. He was, I guess.
1: Uh, people like Tibbs, people like Tibbs. He's old, he's old school, so the older writers really, yeah. really
0: job with that. Um, the other angle I have is that it has something to do with the state of sports betting. So, usually, it's the best coach on one of the best teams. I think Doc Rivers should have gotten more love for what he did because the coach was the big problem, and look what they did to get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I digress. Um, Is sports betting impacting these awards more? Did it impact the coach of the year? If we go down the line, so Tibbs was number one in voting, obviously. Mm -hmm. The gap between the win total and the number of wins by the New York Knicks, the biggest in the NBA, which I think had a, had a big reason uh, that he had so much support in addition to the New York media market. The win total was 21.5. They win 41. Gap of 19.5 wins. Number two, Monty Williams. Guess what? Big difference between win total and results. 37.5 was the win total. They had 51 wins. Gap of 13.5 half. Third place, third highest gap, 42.5 win total for Quinn, 52 wins, 9.5. And And then, uh, Doc, the gap was 6.5, 42.5 was the total, they end up with 49 wins. Not only the angle of the New York media market was that part of it, but I think sports betting and win totals and people taking a look at that had something to do with the voting.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I would agree with you right there. And that's a good point. And, you know, and with the Knicks, especially um, with Tibbs, yeah. I mean, and and there's a couple other factors, maybe like for Phoenix and Monty Williams. I mean, they went undefeated in the bubble and then they added Chris Paul. So it's probably where the Chris Paul MVP votes come in. But still, like they, the second half of the season, they were a pretty damn good team. Um, with Philadelphia, that's a great point about Doc Rivers because Brett Brown was the problem there. Even though yes. they were a playoff team, like they they were not capable of getting the number one overall seed in the East. Um, and with Tibbs, like you look what he had to deal with. I mean, second half of the season, he finds Derrick Rose, brings him back on the roster. He was relying yes. a lot on quickly, like he had to, you know, insert some rookies. He got the most out of R.J. Barrett. Julius Randle became an all star under him. It makes sense. But, yeah, I think that that's a good point right there. And I think that, yeah, you're on to something with it. There are a lot of people that were ripping the Knicks for that Rose deal, right? Yeah, everybody was. I, I <laughs> pretty I, much. I was like, why wouldn't the Bucs take a shot with Derrick Rose, a guy that could actually get his own shot off, could handle the ball and run an offense? And people were like, no, nah, we're good with Teague over here. And then you saw what Derrick Rose did the second half of the season, and especially in the playoffs, he was the Knicks' best player. He was better than Julius Randle offensively. Yeah.
0: Last night, jazz over the clips by three. If you got the number early, depends what side you're on. If yeah. you were on the jazz early, you lost. If you were on the clips early, you won. If you waited till tip, you got a big old push. So you get a push on the side. Yeah. And then then the total it, it closes a half point off. It goes under at 221 and a half. Wow. Tight. Yep tight for game one in this series. So um, should we be talking about the Jazz? You win a game without Mike Conley, or should we be talking about the Clippers? Impressive performance, even though you give up the big lead. No rest, a lot of big games
1: over the last week, and they balled out. Yeah, they gave up the big lead, and they lost by three. Paul George was brutal last night. I lost count on how many open jumpers that he missed. You know, Kawhi's going to have to take these games over, man, when nobody else is hitting shots because he loves to pass up good looks. And I get it. You know, he's a good teammate. He likes to facilitate, too. But you can't rely on Reggie Jackson and Paul George when they're not knocking down jumpers. So I still, you know, I honestly can make the case for the Clippers to win this series because they're coming off a game seven Mm -hmm. against Dallas. You're right. They did blow the big lead. But still, man, I still think that in this series, oh, I was going to say they have the two best players. I I still think they have the best player, but I don't know. Donovan Mitchell last night took that game over in the second half, and, like, listening to him mic'd up, you know, he was like, we got them where we want them. They're going to blow this lead, and then they're going to start concentrating on game two. They're going to give up. Still, this is a tough one to call. This is probably the toughest series for me to call right now because I I don't want to be the guy that's sleeping on Utah. And, again, Utah wins that game without Mike Conley, who's obviously very important. But I still feel like the Clippers win this series, and I hate betting against Kawhi. I have for a couple of years now, uh, ever since he stole my money against the Warriors in the finals.
0: So you're giving the Clippers perspective, and I understand it, and maybe I'm biased, but I do have a Jazz ticket from before the season. Yeah. And and I also ended up picking Utah right before the playoffs started. So maybe a bit biased, but I'm looking at it from the Utah perspective. Okay, We, we got game one. It's good. We didn't have Mike Conley. And we hope to get him later on in the series. And maybe they think there's a chance. So we, we didn't fall down to the Clippers. And Donovan Mitchell proved once again, even though it feels like he, he has to keep doing this, that yeah. he is a superstar. And our superstar scored 45. And and we had a great comeback against a, a team that has a lot of experience and so much ta- top end talent. And we won a game in which we missed. Was it 21 consecutive shots? 21. 21 straight shots. We won that game, and we didn't have our point guard. Like I'm feeling really, really
1: good if I'm the Jazz. No, for sure. And the other thing is, if the Clippers steal game one, I'm feeling really good about the Clippers, but I don't think the Clippers could go into an 0-2 hole on the road against the Jazz. Like They were able to do that against Dallas because Luka ran out of gas and he had no help, and Kristaps didn't show up in that series. They can't go down 0-2, steal two, and rely on that. Like game two is going to be huge for the Clippers. Is it crazy? I think game two is almost a must win for the Clippers. I don't think they could go into an 0-2 hole. So if I'm, Hmm. I'm with you, if I have the jazz ticket, I am feeling good. And Mike Conley is so important. The reason he's important is because of what you saw last night. Donovan Mitchell could be the primary ball handler and could be ball dominant and could just get buckets. He could facilitate, do whatever he needs to do on the floor. But what I like about Mike Conley is he's a traditional point guard that could also play off the ball as well, add scoring. So they're going to need to get him back. But if I had the Jazz ticket, I'd feel a little bit better. But still, I'm not out on the Clippers yet.
0: Paul, Paul George, the biggest storyline of this game. Is he a bigger storyline than Donovan Mitchell that, oh, He's is off. it happening again? Is it hap- It's one game. Let's not overreact. But like if, if, this happened,
1: if this happens in game two, oh, boy, is that narrative going to take over the series? Yeah, man. And, and that's the thing. Like he was bad last night and I feel like he almost let the crowd get to him. It it looked like it at times. Like some people embraced that. But when he was at the free throw line, they were chanting overrated at him. And you could tell he was like hurting his feelings almost. He needs to just go out there and be a dog, man. Like get buckets. There was a time a couple of years back when he was in Indiana, people were like labeling him a top five, top 10 player he's going to have to show up for this series or it's going to be a long off season. It's probably going to be worse than it was after the bubble. When we were giving them new nicknames every other day, he's going to have to show up because Kawhi's not going to be able to do it on his own. And that's the thing that scares me about the Clippers is the supporting cast, you know, Utah has got the much better supporting cast. Obviously. Um, I was a little surprised that they got off to that slow start because that was the craziest crowd I've seen as well in the Mm -hmm. NBA uh, since the pandemic. And and that's the reason, like, I wish I could root. They didn't play for a while. They didn't play for a while. And, and that's what I was surprised. I figured, if anything, they were going to come out blazing, take like a 15, 20-point lead, and then the Clippers were going to try to get back into the game. But it was vice versa. And maybe they still had some momentum coming off that game seven. I thought they'd be gassed. So that game went a little bit different than I thought. i um, still glad that I got that hook. And then I even saw, like, before tip, there were some two-and-a-halves out there. So you probably could have, you know, depending what book you were on, you could have lost that bet. But um, Utah's going to have to get fully healthy. I was going to say, I wish I could root for this Utah team because I love Donovan Mitchell, man. I've uh-huh. always been a big Mike Conley fan, but I'll always go back to like 1998 looking at those fans in Utah harassing Dennis Rodman, that bald guy with the basketball painted on his head. I, I, I said, I want this guy, This I probably can't say that. I never want that guy to see a champion <laughs> in a lifetime. I don't want to say what I said at the time. I was a kid. Okay. I never want to see these fans witness a championship. Not until the Bucks get one at least. Okay.
0: Yeah yeah, Okay. I got over it. I I was good. We got our titles. Like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As expected, Philly wins game two and beat snaps. Playoff career high of 40. Trey Young, not the Trey Young that we've seen so far in the playoffs. Um, I guess kind of under the radar. And maybe I was uh, excited about it because I, I had the over two and a half threes made last night by... Seth Curry. Yeah. He is huge, man. Yeah. He is getting big time run. He's getting a lot of shots on the
1: outside and he's knocking them down. It helps when your dad when your, when your coach is your father-in-law, too. He's getting the run finally. Yeah. Yeah, big game from
0: him. Uh, Trey Young only 1 for 7 on three-point attempts. We'll get to tonight's game Stanley Cup playoffs conversation next with Chris Peters. This is the BQL Audio Network.